Okay, on today's episode, this is part two of our series over marketing automation, my my favorite techniques. So this is, uh, again, a great episode. Stick around. We are, remember, we're breaking this up into a few episodes, so don't forget, come back and watch the other ones. If you haven't watched the first one, go back and watch that. So uh, this is going to be a good one. Enjoy. All right, so let's go to tip. We're going to do three tips. I'm going to do my, my three automation tips. So tip number one is know thy prey. I mean, prospects. Um, this one. Okay, so one of our first things that we talked about was humans get bored. Well, let's start with one of the most boring topics that we can think of, and that is list segmentation and data. God, that's two typos. Sorry, guys. I know if you're watching this on YouTube. I, I So I put... I, I I went and I was uh, moving a lot of the information into slides. Um, and when I moved them into slides, I was typing them out. Um, and yeah, it just, so I basically says list segmentation and date management. I misspelled date. date. I didn't put the A, so it's data. Anyway, sorry guys, if y'all are watching, just bear with me on the typos. It's a kind of a pet peeve of mine. When I read other people's stuff, I'm, I'm kind of a psycho about it. And so when I see my own typos, it makes it even worse. Okay. Ah. All right. Hold on one sec. Okay. All right. Drop the cap off my water bottle. Okay. So list segmentation and date management data. Okay. All right. So, um, oh, sorry. I'm going to go there. Okay. So when you're doing segmentation, when you have a list, um, and you have a multiple different kind of clients, it's, an exercise that we we make our clients go through is talk to me about your clients and your prospects. What kind of prospects are you targeting and how can we segment those in order to um, to really laser in our communications and our and our marketing to them? And so this list segmentation, um, this would be an example of something like accidental landlords. If you're um, somebody who you ended up with a property, basically you either needed, you, you know, at the time you couldn't sell the property or you're going to you know, uh, let's say out of the country to work for two years and you just wanted to rent it out so that you can, when you come back, you had a proper, your, your home there, um, or you inherited a home, things like that. So you didn't necessarily intend to be a, a landlord, but you are, then you have, let's say a segment where you're, it's, you're looking at small active and individual investors and that's a, a segment and they have a certain profile and then large active individual investors and then small institutional investors and then large institutional investors. And they all are different and the way you want to market to them are different. And so what you then need to do is build out your profiles for each one. So segmenting that list is extremely important. So an exercise to go through is we build personas for each of those. And when we, when we sit down with a client, we say, okay, think about your clients um, so we're going to, we're going to basically do however many personas, let's say, in, it, and it's not always five, but sometimes it, three is usually, um, the core of what we generally see, but sometimes we have more than that in terms of the clients we want. Sometimes it's more or less, but let's say on average, let's say it's three. And usually there's one that is a priority one. And a lot of times we will narrow that mainly because not only budget wise, 
Um, if we're going to spend, and a lot of times it's say paid ads, budgets, Google's ads, things like that. And you only have a certain budget and you only have a certain budget towards blog writing and other types of content every month. Um, sometimes it makes sense to put a, a majority of that budget towards focusing on your primary or your priority persona. And then your secondary personas, um, you can kind of fit in under that. Um, but again, you may not have a full campaign budget for every single one, but again, it just all depends on your budget. I mean, if you got a hundred thousand dollars a month budget, totally different than if you have a $2,000 a month budget. Um, so, uh, priority, we're going to build personas. And, uh, again, you can kind of see here, we put on a few of the personas here. We did the accidental landlord. Um, and we, we, we give them names like accidental landlord, Allen, um, and, he is the hands-off guy. That's kind of, let's say the primary, you know, those are the guys that we like to work with. Those are the guys who, you know, they have, you know, they're not going to, they're not actively investing, but they'll say that's, I just happen to to like to work with those kind of guys. Then you have the hands-off intentional investor, Isabel. Um, then you have realtor Ricky. And then we do negative personas. Who do you not want to work with? Like, who do you like you want, to tell them to go away if they come to your door. Um, and one is uh, negative Nancy, uh, just someone who just, again, is just terrible. Um, negative persona two, let's say, is a commercial investor, somebody who, let's say, in this case, you're a property manager, but they they own commercial properties or you know office buildings, office condos, whatever it is. And so you want to exclude those. So you want to build somewhat of a persona there just to make sure that you don't end up, you know, spending marketing dollars that are going to attract a lot of commercial investors when that's not the kind of business you want. Um, always like negative Nancy. I also would add uh, someone like a passive aggressive Patty or something like that. <laughs> I like those. Uh, so sometimes you can have a lot of fun with this, but by giving them a name, it kind of gives them a personality. And then what you do is you go through and this is a pretty you know basic list of some things you want to talk about, you know, demographics. What are the demographics, age, income, education, you know, location? What is their job level of seniority? You know, are you know, are we and again, this goes to where I'm doing where am I targeting ads? Um, what kind of language am I using when I'm writing content and what kind of you know free offers or free content and downloads will they be interested in? All of this informs that. What are their pain points? What do you help them solve? Again, this is great. If you're gonna if you're gonna target something, you're gonna target pain points because uh, that's usually when people are looking for a solution if they are experiencing pain. And if you can alleviate that pain, they are highly likely to uh, at least investigate working with you. Um, where do they? What do they do? What do they most value? What are their goals? Where do they go for information? Um, what experience are they looking for when seeking out your products or services? What are their most common objections to your product or service? What else do they? Uh, what else do we need to know about this type of buyer and create a story based on this information? So this is an exercise that we walk through. And again, this is a very basic. I mean, there, there's there's no secret sauce to this or anything like this. It's very, you know, simple to do. And so when you um, you pull and it looks something like this, uh, and I'm not going to read all of this because it's this is a lot and it's take a little while. But you can see when you build out this one here, we this is the hands-off. This is our accidental landlord, Alan. And we're, you know, based on our information that we can gather, let's, you know, we're, we're something 35 to 60, generally uh, middle to middle upper class, um, 60 to 120 in annual income, er, er, you know, education varies widely. Yeah, you know, and it goes through this whole thing where based on your knowledge and then we have them kind of re, re, create a story, you know, about 
a typical persona, you know, um, this, you know, I think the one that we had here is, you know, they worked for a software company and were married and have kids and they're busy, you know, they're, they don't have time necessarily to work with, deal with an investment property and all that kind of stuff. So we build this for each one of those personas and that informs a lot. And, um, what you do, and again, I'm going to use a lot, you know, you're going to see HubSpot slides. This is a HubSpot contact record. And what you will generally do is you then are building this profile and it's giving you some data points that you will want to collect along the way whenever you have a contact record. So in a, in a CRM, you know, your sales software in your CRM, you're going to have, you know, name, address, email number, email, email address, phone number, um, all the contact information, but ideally you're also building a profile. You're collecting additional information along with that. So inside of that card, you know, you can see here, you know, here's my basic information, my name, it gives me my contact type. I'm a, I'm a property owner and I'm a lead. I'm not a client. So, um, you know, again, it's all my contact information there. And then, um, and then I, I have a life cycle stage. So I'm establishing the life cycle. Where is this in the, in my life cycle right now? I'm a subscriber. So let's say I subscribe to the blog. One of my automations tagged me as a subscriber. You know, once I subscribe, it says, Oh, you're a subscriber. So this is your life cycle stage. You haven't moved to the next stage of, uh, in through our marketing cycle. Uh, it says um, my job title is president, president in the industry is marketing. Then, um, I in here again because this is a property management example. Uh, I collect property owner information, so number of rental properties owned. You know, so along the way somewhere, I was able to either talk with him or fill out a form or something like that. And so if he fills out a form when he's doing a download or uh, maybe submitting a request or anything like that, your prospect when he does that, um, if it's not a manual entry like you're talking to him on the phone, it needs to populate his record so that now I have that data behind him and it builds that profile. Okay, what what profile does he fall into? Um, I don't have the persona one on here because the example that I'm using was not an active portal, so it's not going to match up, whatever uh, I have. It's not going to call me the active investor, Alan, but you would also have the profile. And that profile can change um, based on the information um, gathered, or maybe their circumstances change. Maybe they start out as an accidental investor, but really get into it and start buying more and more properties. So again, here you're like number of properties. Are they interested in buying more properties? Yes. Uh, wants information on available investment properties. Not sure. And were they referred? No. Um, again, super basic. This doesn't even touch it, but there are many more data points like that, that you can collect in order to build this more and more robust, um, profile of that target. Um, and so this is a, this is where you collect the information that you've sort of established along the way of that profile. So you, you know, okay, what else can I collect here? And what else is useful? Because the other thing of that is, is you, as you'll see down the road, you're going to be able to trigger automations based off of information about the contact, not only general information, but you're going to be able to trigger, uh, automations based off activity so that you may have a record of them, but you haven't really worked with them or talked with them yet. And then they perform a certain activity that your system's able to read, like they can be a website or something like that. And then you're able to then trigger off certain things. And we'll go through a few of those examples later. So you're going to be collecting all of this through web forms, um, online downloads, because when they download, they generally need to fill out a little bit of information. Um, and then also manual entry, things like that. Okay. So, and what that does is that contact information now begins to build lists. And you can see in this, and it's a little, might be a little hard to see on the screen um, if you're listening uh, to the podcast, 
this is a list of, this is basically a list of lists. So these are different lists that you, again, that are just, these are random lists. These aren't really specific to anything, but different contacts can, are then put on different lists based on their profile. Like these might be lists for campaigns. There's one at the top you can hear called buy, sell, rent, and enrollment. Uh, what that means is these particular contacts, they basically fit into this campaign and that campaign is only going to send information to the ones on the buy, sell enrollment. Um, the really big takeaway here though is, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but then inside the list, you can see there's contact records. So when I am going back, I'm gonna go back to screen. Sorry if you're listening and it's kind of hard to tell uh, what I'm doing here. But if you look back here, use the contact information to build the active list. If you were to click on that list, it would drill you down. It will give you then the names of those people on the list and the contact information and you click on any of those names, it'll take you directly to a contact record. Again, these are, these are HubSpot screenshots, but a lot of CRMs are similar to this style. So it's not, you know, this is not exclusive to a HubSpot thing. It's just that that's what we use. So those are the examples that I'm using. Okay. So, uh, but the big takeaway too here is I'm going to talk for a second about the difference between static or manual lists versus active or dynamic lists, which are automatic or automated. um, Both have, both have their uses. Um, A static list basically means um, you put them on there. Like, you know, um, know, let's say in their contact record, it says put them on lists and you select which lists you want them to be part of, but you're manually doing that because of whatever it is, you know, um, you have a list you keep of executives that you talk to at company X or whatever. And um, for whatever reason, you've built this static list and you just, you know, you click on it. But then you have um, active or dynamic lists. And these active or dynamic lists are extremely, extremely powerful um, lists. These are These are lists that are built automatically you don't manually go in and add people to the list the people get added to the list based on a number of things they could be something about their in their profile or their contact record so let's say one of my lists is they have three or more properties and it's it's basically you know small investors with multiple you know properties and that's a list and i'm going to build a marketing campaign for just those people on that list well let's say i was at two properties in my profile and I happened to be talking to someone, you know, a salesperson or a rep at you know, your office. I wasn't working with you yet. And I let him know. I was like, oh, I just bought my third property, my third investment property. And he is smart and hears that and says, oh, okay, I'm going to update that contact record. And if the criteria of the list says, I want property owners who own more than three properties, but less than 20 on this list, what would happen is when he updates my contact record, it'll automatically add me to the list. Um, and you can, you can add multiple criteria to that. So let's say it's um, a list of people with three to 10 properties that ha- we have had some kind of contact with. They've either visited our website, submitted a form, viewed an email, um, or talked to an agent um, at our office. And that's my, let's say that's my second criteria. And the third criteria would have to be, well, they're also a property owner. They're not a tenant. They're not a realtor. They're not, you know, something else. So I can build these and, or, you know, we can build and or logic to, to build the logic of the list. So I have multiple different pieces of criteria in order to put certain people 
on this particular list. And so based on my interactions with your website, based on my interactions with your firm, based on my profile, all of these things. And then, and the, the other thing is I can do timing. And so it, the timing could be, and it's kind of like I said, it was, let's say they've, um, I've taken some kind of action within the last nine months, let's say, or six months or six weeks or three weeks or a month, whatever it is. I can even put this timing in this time frame on this. Um, and when you're building out profiles, um, it is, yeah, gosh, I mean, when you're building out these profiles, I can literally build hundreds of criteria. I mean, there, there are thousands, well, there are when you look at the number of criteria, um, again, I'm thinking HubSpot portal, things like that, but generally in a dynamic list, you literally have millions of, of variables uh, you could have you know, combinations because of how many different combinations you could have. It's pro- it's some astronomical number. Um, and not all, not all CRM platform or not all platforms have, when I say CRM marketing or CRM platforms have dynamic lists. A lot do. Um, a lot of the sophisticated ones have that capability, but uh you know, the, the really rudimentary ones generally don't, but I find these dynamic lists are one of the most powerful things you can do. Um, they're one of the most boring things to think about and to implement. But the nice thing about it is you implement the rules and criteria once and you don't ever have to do it again. You don't, you might, you might go and tweak it. You might adjust it, but you don't have to go and think about this. I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, I talked earlier in the, in the podcast about the laser focus for a period in order to establish habit. Same thing. If you can laser focus for however long it takes you to get your marketing portal and your dynamic lists uh, implemented and set up and really fleshed out, if you can laser focus for a while, you don't have to think about it for, you know, you don't have to do it again. It's, it's there again, your marketing system is always going to be a living, breathing thing, but um, that, you know, it's not something on a day-to-day basis. You have to continually uh, mull on about, how to build this list. But that being said, this is one of the most powerful automations. Those dynamic lists are so powerful because as you'll see, you know, some of these, even these more basic automations that we do, um, really the key is these dynamic and ever-changing lists along with just even individual actions that we do. Um, so here's, uh, you know, again, I talked about, this is just an example. Let's say a prospect submits a web form the contact created and assigns a persona. Um, and again, they're assigned the persona because of what information they give inside of that, let's say website form. Let's say that you're downloading a free, you know, like I talked about there, download a free guide to, you know, how to screen tenants and ask a couple of questions, maybe five or six questions. And I get just enough information to build this persona and uh, add it. And then we add them to the appropriate list through automation. So they're on that list. So then based on that list, you know, let's say they, we have different, you know, the profiles are accident landlord, Allen, hands off investor, Isabel, realtor, Rick, negative Nancy and commercial investor, Charlie. And again, those based on those profiles, then, um, and, and, you know, you can have a list for each one of these profiles. So they just happen to be on that list until maybe their profile changes. But based on that, then you can have a persona specific campaign for each one of those. So the communications that they get once they filled out that form can be very different and they can be tailored to their, those specific messaging for each type of profile there. So you can have an email drip, social media retargeting of, you know, ad retargeting. So they've come to your website, you've got their information. You can go then, you know, the, the cyborgs go follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that. And then you serve ads to them. So you can do sophisticated things like that. And then uh, things like, uh, 
you know, direct physical mail. There's actually automations with third-party vendors that you can trigger off a postcard to be mailed to them um, that's based on their profile that they did. So, again, these kind of things, I mean, whether it's a, a real estate or whether you're uh, uh, e-commerce, whether you're a retail store, um, whether you're a lawyer, an attorney, whatever your practice is, whatever your company is, this holds true. This, in, this, this structure holds true. So it can be applied to any kind of company. Um, and by targeting again, specifically, let's say you're a lawyer and you have three different practice areas. Let's say you have uh, wills, trust, and estates. Let's say you have a personal injury and let's say you have a bankruptcy practice and you have those three different practice areas. And when somebody comes in, it comes to your site and they're maybe reading blogs, reading articles, doing some research, they decide to download something that's maybe an assessment or whatever, you know, and by downloading that or getting that free resource, you basically would put them in the practice area or specific information. You put them in campaigns says, Oh, here's some more information. Or you send a direct mail piece to them because let's say they came to your website and they, they were reading articles about how do I, you know, let's say your blog article is the best way to find how to find the best uh, personal injury attorney in Dallas, Texas. And that's your blog article. And you have some bullet points that says, you know, it's like a teaser where you have like three, but then to get all 10, maybe, Hey, fill this out, download the guide. You know, it's PDF that they download. Well, they get that. And then they're enrolled in this. They're a, they're a personal injury prospect. And based on all those criteria, they get, they, they fall into a qualified list. Let's say, um, you only take certain t- kinds of cases. And in the questionnaire that you ask on the form, let's say, it, let's say it's a car wreck. You really put a high priority on car wrecks. It says, what kind of injury do you have? And on the form, it says, I was in a car accident. Download until they download their guide. Well, that information they select gets put in their contact record. It says, oh, okay. They just looked at our web form. They downloaded the guide. They, um, they were in an injury less than three months ago. Let's say that was another question. And what kind of injury? It was a car accident. And let's say that that is the basically criteria that you have for a list of people I want to be marketing to right now in, in an active way. So that person gets added to this list. And because, again, you you don't, you know, especially in attorney's offices, you usually don't pick up the phone and call them. Um, some do, but most in, in my experience. I'm an attorney, by the way. I did not do personal injury. I did real estate. So that's getting why I do this stuff. But um, back in my real estate days, um, you know, we would I guess I picked up the phone and talked to mortgage brokers when I was in uh, real estate practice, but that's a whole other side. But let's say you get the personal injury. They've been on the list. They get enrolled in a campaign for car accident victims who've been in an accident less than three months ago. And you start with an email drip campaign, just giving them information and saying, Hey, if you want to talk to us, you can get a free assessment, no charge, whatever, blah, blah. You know, I know there's regulations around that, but you can do social media retargeting of ads when they go on the Facebook to talk, you know, complain about their broken leg, whatever it is. Uh, they can get ads served back to them. And then you can, again, do those, you know, we get them all the time, different kinds of, you know, mail pieces. 99% of the mail that I get at my house is irrelevant every now and then. And, and I usually don't because I get so much stinking mail. I usually don't pay attention, but every now and then I see something that says, you know what? I, I need a guy to trim my trees. I'm going to call this guy every now and then. But what you do is you increase your odds. You're, you know, and I talked about the investment in your CRM earlier on that investment can actually save you a lot of money than going out and trying to blast direct mail pieces to people that are irrelevant to who you're sending it to. That's just a waste of money. You know, and I know there's low, there's a certain percentage that it works out. Well, what if you can raise that percentage? If you can double that percentage, if you can raise it from, three percent to six percent effectiveness which i actually think you could potentially get it higher if you're really really laser focused and you're hitting three different ways versus one if you're hitting them with 
a, 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 an email at the right time. You're, they're getting some ads served to them at the right time. And then they get a couple of dripped direct physical mail pieces to their, uh, to their residents. You're, you're going to raise this bl- from a blind. I'm going to mail out 10,000 postcards randomly. You're going to go from half a percent conversion to maybe a five to 10% conversion. Maybe not 10 is pretty high. That'd be amazing, but you might, I mean, it might be a 5%. So the budget, whatever you spend on that 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000 mailers, whatever you spend on that, you, you essentially are going to just buy these few things. You're going to end up paying for what you would have wasted on, on that. So you can then allocate that budget, not only to your platform, but your efforts to get people to your website to then do things. So that, that attorney example of a personal injury is just an example of this targeted mindset, this baby being able to narrow down to a specific target at the right time. I'm going to go to the right stream that they just stocked the fish in the stream. I'm going to go right next to it and I'm going to do it in the morning. Whenever they're eating, I'm going to throw a line in the water. I am much more likely to catch that than if I go to a random, a random river that who knows if they stocked it or not at in the mid afternoon or whatever. I mean, I'm just making stuff up. I'm not really... I'm going to get guys that are really into fishing and be like, well, you know, if you go down to uh, the Yadkin River in North Carolina, right about midday, it's pretty good. It's not bad. That's not, you know, that's not really, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a fisher guy. So anyway, sorry, I went way off the rails on that one. Went way long. Okay. So anyway, you go through there and you have all these uh, campaigns that you're able to uh, really focus in on, but then your negative ones. Let's say you don't want to just ignore because sometimes let's say they just keep calling and keep calling and keep calling, whatever it is. <laughs> they keep calling me. They keep calling me. Well, once they say they get, come in, they fill out a form and they just don't meet the criteria. I don't, I'm not really sure how you'll know if it's a negative Nancy on a web form, but let's say you maybe they have a conversation with somebody in your office. And they're like, no, and they're able to manually switch and they are a negative Nancy. And then what you can do is basically, you know, you can trigger off an automation of an, a breakup email. It says, Oh, I'm sorry that, you know, this is in the property management example. I'm sorry. We can't really help you. Um, you don't really fall into our criteria. It can be like it's a real nice letter, but here are three different property managers that you, that are really good in the area that we like to refer people to. So you can do it in a way where you don't get this bad reputation and it's very nice and still very helpful, but you want to kind of push them out. Same thing on a commercial investor. You can email them if they've downloaded four and says, Oh man, I'm sorry. We don't, we don't do this type of portfolio. Uh, but here are three other resources that we know in town that you may want to research. Here you go. And with their links or whatever, I mean, being that resource, even if you don't end up working with them actually pays dividends down the road because that commercial Personal investor guy may be like, oh, wait, I didn't even think about my personal properties. Let me talk to those guys about that. I mean, because you're not being a jerk and you're actually helping. So the more you can help, the better. So even in these negative Nancy's and these commercial investor Charlie's, there's still opportunity there um, to do it in a way that could lead to business down the road. Okay, that does it for this episode. Now, uh, remember, we broke this full episode up into these different chunks, these different pieces. So if you haven't seen the other ones that go with this series, go watch them. Uh, If they haven't been released yet, keep coming back, check the channel, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. 